0: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike's Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com order now.
1: Welcome to the Inside Carolina Podcast, sponsored by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley, and I'm joined by Ross Martin and Greg Barnes. We're shifting things up a little bit when we normally would have our Ask EJ and Taylor Vipola show on a Wednesday. But due to the fact that today was ACC Media Day, we wanted to talk about basketball. So real quick, you guys, just um, how are things going for y'all? And uh, how's the weather, I guess, down there in
2: Charlotte today? (laughs) I you, Ross. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I love being in Charlotte. It's the the big city. Coming from Chapel Hill, the the bright lights. It's cool. This year, the uh, media day was held in Spectrum Center, which was different. Usually, it's held in a, in a hotel kind of conference conference setup. Um, so this is a little bit different. We were on the kind of the ground floor of the Spectrum Center. The breakout sessions were held in the like, on the court, and then the press conference was held kind of up on the concourse. So it was different for me. Uh, I don't think it's ever been held here at the Spectrum Center, but uh, that was neat. I saw it was a little bit different, um, but but very similar setup to kind of how things went as most media days are. Greg, you know, how was your time there just
1: in general? Was it a little bit different being there in, in the Spectrum Center this year?
0: Yeah, like Ross said, we're, we're used to doing these in ballrooms. And kind of the funny thing about ACC Basketball Media Day is, It's in the middle of the week. It's in the middle of football season. And so while football has, you know, a a big event in July because nothing else is going on, uh, basketball is kind of limited to this random Wednesday in the middle of October. Uh, But they've they've done a good setup. Uh, Like Ross said, I think it's interesting because the reason they had it here is because the ACC tournament is also here. So you kind of start the season at the Spectrum Center. You end the season at the Spectrum Center. But I think really uh, the, the interesting dynamic about that, from my perspective, and I think for all UNC fans' perspective, is that when Kenny Williams and, and Cam Johnson walked in this morning, they weren't thinking about the ACC tournament in March. They were thinking about the last time they were here, which is when they lost to Texas A&M. So still some feelings there. And both guys talked about how you know that's really served as, as motivation and fuel for them.
2: Cam even said that when he got on the court, he was kind of looking up at different places during that game last year against Texas A&M and looking up the scoreboard and kind of remembering like seconds coming off the clock in the second half, kind of knowing they were going to lose and that his season was going to be over. So, yeah, he he kind of dove in deep to kind of the um, poetic aspect of, of coming up the ramp and just all the memories creeping back into his mind, into his heart, um, about that experience last year so that that was kind of a I guess one of the storylines here from Charlotte
1: for the Tar Heels. Well, we'll get to what the players had to say just here in a few short minutes. You know, Greg, real quick, give us a rundown of kind of how media day works in general. I would imagine that a lot of fans listening to this have, you know, seen the the reports that Inside Carolina provides every single ACC basketball media day. I mean, the the coverage is always excellent. You know, just walk us through kind of the general things that happen during the media day.
0: Well, there is a reason this is Roy Williams' favorite day of the year.
1: Uh, and, and the reason why is, is you have to
0: think about all the different types of media that we have. You know, with, with IC, uh, of course, we're basically an uh, internet form of uh, old school print media. And then you've got TV, you've got radio. Uh, you've got some, some digital stuff. So all these different branches of the media um, get their time with players and coaches. And so basically what happens is, like today, for example, North Carolina had a press conference uh, up on the concourse from 1130 to 12, and then from 12 until 1, they came down on the court, and Kenny and Cam set up and sat down with, with reporters for an hour, and Roy Williams sat down in a different location for an hour. And so that's an hour and a half out of their day, and that's just with us. And then they have to go and do interviews with ESPN and whoever else. Then they have to go to Radio Row, and they sit down and do, like, 15-minute radio interviews with however many radio stations may be here. I'm, I'm looking down uh, at the tables right now, and there's probably 20 or so tables down there. And so it is a all-day affair. If they get here early in the morning. And they stay until about five or so. And so you can only imagine Roy Williams having to answer the same question time and time and time again. And by the end of the day, I'm sure he is set up and ready to get back Chapel Hill.
1: All right. Well, let's go ahead and start with uh, with the players, actually. Well, wow, because I think overall, you know, just in my experience, players maybe are a little bit more candid than than Coach Williams is, uh, but Coach Williams definitely does have some zingers. And it uh, sounds like from the early reports that he had a couple this year as well. But, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Kenny and Cam. Um, and now, I believe, Ross, you were the one that was on hand to get the players' response. So, you know, first off, were you at all surprised that those were the two players that Carolina sent to this event?
2: No, I mean, I think this was the appropriate choice. Last year it was uh, Luke May and Theo Pinson, first year for Kenny and Cam. and usually they only bring a player you know one time. So because you know because Joel Barry went as a sophomore, he didn't go, sorry, because Joel Barry went as a uh, junior, he didn't go as a um, senior leaving room for Luke May. And Theo Pinson this year, obviously, it made sense since Luke May had already gone that, that Kenny Williams and Cam Johnson came. The other, other three, I guess, seniors on the other two seniors on the team. And honestly, um, Kenny and Cam are, are very thoughtful, um, intelligent speakers when you ask them questions and they'll talk with you and they're, they'll seek out their answers. And, and they're good to go back and forth with, whereas Luke is, in my opinion, not a very good guy to speak with for a quote. So I was happy to see uh, Kenny and Cam there. They're always some of the guys I go to first for quotes after games. Um, and, and so those are the two guys we spoke with. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, anything you – I mean, you can shoot me some questions about what you want to know about what they said. It, we we talked to them for 45 minutes. If so you're sitting there, you're having a conversation with these guys about, you know, anything. And you can really ask them whatever, and they can go on to extended answers.
1: Well, the first question that that comes to my mind, Ross, is, you know, Greg mentioned the fact that they were there in the uh, in the same state uh, in the same arena where their season ended last year. So, what was your sense of that? Like did did you did you get the feeling that they were still kind of dwelling on the past at all or were they more so just looking forward to really coming out in this new season with a very much a different you know, group of leaders on this team for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they they think about it. I think they mentioned a couple of times how it kind of serves as motivation, the fact that they were knocked out a little earlier than expected, and they never want to be in that position again. They want to make it farther than a tournament. Um, So I think Roy's been using that as a little motivation, a little inspiration, and they're kind of building on the feeling of that defeat and how they don't want to feel that way again, uh, inspiring them to, to make it farther than a tournament. Um, I thought the little, I think it was a little overplayed how much they were reflecting on that. But of course, sometimes the dialogue is driven by the media and the questions they ask. But yeah, I think they're they're very ready and very excited to show what they can do. Um, It is a different team. I think a big storyline is going to be the fact that this team is without Joel Berry and Theo Pinson. Two big personalities, two big important leaders, and two very productive um, players for UNC last year. I think it was cam that said, you know, Theo Pinson was, was one of our main distributors last year. He was the, one of the main passers and he was, had a huge impact on the team especially in the second half of the season. So they're kind of replacing a lot of different parts. Replacing the scoring of Joel Berry, replacing the ball handling of Joel Berry and replacing, you know, a, a very uh, multi-dimensional guy and, and almost the point guard of the team in uh, Theo Pinson. So I think it's, the way to show what this group can do um, and, and, bring, and show what the leadership of, of Kenny Cam and, and Luke can bring to this team. And, and that all starts, you know, in, I guess, less than two weeks now.
1: Yeah, the season really is right around the corner. Did they talk about the how the incoming freshmen are are doing, um, you know, when they played over the summer and also just in practice so far?
2: Yeah, so I'll go first on this one and shoot to Greg. Um, you know, I think the main thing is the athleticism, Nasir Little, cam johnson multiple times spoke about how athletic he is quick first step you know once he gets going and it has a little opening spot in the lane you just gotta get out of the way because of how dynamic how is the he is ball in his hands we didn't talk too much about kobe white i think uh roy williams did but um i think people are going to be surprised at what leaky black can do i think he's getting some opportunities to run some point guard and is long and can do some things and these are good kids so i think They're learning a lot, uh, and a lot is being put on the table right now for those guys as well. But the main thing with Nasir Little is just super, super athletic, as we all know, and and how that translates and how that fits into this team. Um, Greg, you talked with Roy about Kobe White. What did did Roy kind of say there about the young point guard? Yeah, well, let me say this
0: first about Nasir. Roy was, was emphatic that Nasir Little is the most athletic player he's ever coached. And wow. I think that is incredibly telling. Uh, he said that at the, at the rim, his ability to get up in the air is better than anybody's ever coached. And so when you hear that, you're thinking about guys like John Henson and Bryce Johnson, just off the top of my head, guys that can just explode. Uh, that kind of speaks volumes. Kenny Williams was was kind of cracking up telling me about just practice yesterday where North Carolina runs their, uh, their dummy offense drills. And they have that you know, that, that patented backdoor cut that always ends up in the alley-oop they run. And he said typically what Nazir will do on that play is he'll come in, and for whatever reason, he likes to do a reverse dunk on it. Well, yesterday, he went ahead and did a 360 off the lob. And then later in practice, uh, what ends up happening is that he, he's going down the court, and just inside the restricted line in the paint, he takes off and does a an old school Dominic Williams uh windmill dunk. And so Kenny says that you know the way that he flies is just just ridiculous. And you know, we were talking to him about Seventh Woods and how he can dunk you know, very well. Obviously he's had a lot of viral dunks uh, online. But Kenny said that you know, little for sure is a better dunker than, than Seventh Woods that'll be something to watch out for. That, that'll be fun to see. He also said that the thing about Nazir is that he's getting better every day and that he really likes that in his young guys, guys that show a willingness to learn, but they're also improving each step of the way.
2: To jump in here real quick, Greg, um, I think it's interesting that Roy said that about Nazir because Coach K apparently a couple times today said that Zion Williamson is, is the bet- most athletic player he's ever coached. You're talking about two coaches with decades of, of very high-level basketball uh, coaching level. And this year, in the Triangle, you're going to have two of the, the most athletic players they've coached, super explosive, super dynamic with the ball in their hands, and, and big-time dunkers. And we've all seen the highlights there. So that's kind of a, kind of a special and interesting situation uh, between Duke and Carolina in the Triangle this season.
1: Guys, before we get to the rest of the questions here, let's take a quick moment to talk about Heels 15. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you should know that that is the code to get 15% off of your order from any Jersey Mike's store in Chapel Hill. You can use that code for online orders at any of the Chapel Hill Hills and also now at the Chatham County location. That new Chatham County store is located in the Lowe's Food Shopping Center. It's only a 12-minute drive from the Hard Chapel Hill Right down 15501, and it's on the way if you're coming to Chapel Hill from Larenburg, Pinehurst, Southern Pine, Sanford, or Pittsburgh. So you can support the IC Podcast, and also give thanks to Charlie, Clint, Griffin, and Mike, our guys at Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill, for their continued support of Inside Carolina. When you use that code HEALS15 to get that 50% off of your order, you just have to go to jerseymikes.com slash order, click the location nearest to you, choose your order, pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter heels 15 and you get that 15% off. You get to skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and then you're on your way. Do it today. Place an online order at one of the five Chapel Hill, Hillsboro, and now Chatham County locations. It's a super easy process. Just remember the code HEALS15. And also look for Jersey Mike's inside of Keene Stadium and with the tailgate guys this fall. So support the IC podcast and get 15% off of your Jersey Mike's order. It's a win-win. All right, so Greg, what was the most surprising answer that you can recall off the top of your head that you got from either Kenny or Cam about this upcoming season?
0: Well, that's a good question. I, for me, I'm kind of a... Uh... I'm kind of a nerdy health nut. So I'm I'm fascinated with uh, Cam Johnson and his his recovery from his hip surgery. Uh, That's something we covered extensively this summer. And so I I was asking him a lot of questions about that. And one thing he he was talking about was how defensively uh, last year and, and really the past six or seven years, is that when he would get down into a defensive stance, you kind of with your, your, your feet wide and you kind of drop down almost into like a squat. Uh, that whenever he did that, that bone would, leg bone would kind of kick into his, his hip and there'd be a lot of pain there. And he's kind of dealt with it and he's kind of been limited by that over the years. Obviously, that hurts his lateral quickness and all those kinds of things. And it's really affected his ability to play defense. We know the importance of perimeter defense for this team. Uh, it was one of the issues the team had in the secret scrimmage against Villanova last week. We know it was an issue last year. Uh, but he's saying now it's a matter of kind of having to relearn exactly how to do that. He's healthy enough now where he can get down in those positions. but He really doesn't have the muscles exactly where he needs them. So there's some conditioning that has to take place for him to get back up to speed. But I think that's critical because if he's able to do that you know, by you know, the ACC season or whatever, now you got a guy maybe that's going to be a much better defender than he was last year. And when you pair that, you with up Kenny Williams, who we know is a very good friend or defender, and then we know Seventh Woods has the ability. And if the freshmen come along, now we're talking about a team that maybe can do really good defensively. Um, and I think Cam's a big part of that since he is such a key component of this team this year. But if he can really you know, take advantage of that, uh, that, that kind of new hip, if you will, uh, to be able to play a better defense, that, that'll go a long ways.
2: I got a question for Greg though on that. What do you think? You know, what do you think changes with how Cam is used offensively? Because you know, we saw some of the stuff he can do. He he wasn't just a spot up shooter last year, um, but now you know, a healthier, more experienced, more comfortable in the system. How do you think he's used a little bit differently offensively heading into this season?
0: Well, I think a lot of it's going to play into you how how much that lateral quickness has actually improved if his hip is actually healthy uh then I think that makes him quicker you know off the ball it allows him to kind of slash a little bit more it would help him in transition and if he can do those things in addition to his outside shooting now he becomes more of an offensive threat and it, you know, as you said we did see him do more things than just shoot the ball last year that's really about all he could do uh so if he's able to you know, add some athleticism to his his skill set this year because he's, he's finally healthy. Uh, you know, obviously, that's important for his pro career, but it's also important for North Carolina to have just an, another weapon. And to go along with that, that's been Kenny Williams's focus this entire offseason. He knows he's a good defender. He knows he can shoot to three, but it's really that mid-range game and being able to get to the rim playing aggressive is kind of where he's focused. So if both of those guys are able to do that, uh, that gives you a lot of creativity there on the wings. And when you've got a playmaker like Kobe White, probably starting at point guard, uh, that that opens things up a, a lot for Luke May down low.
2: I know Roy said this to you, Greg, and Cam said this to me, that if UNC were to go, go small, I know we can get into lineups later on, that Cam will be the four, and Nasir is the guy who could play the three because they're only teaching Nasir one position. So, so Cam's gonna be able to play the three and four. You know, he's a little slight to be banging down low as a, as a power forward at that four spot. But it's just kind of, some, something to kind of note that you know, the, in the first part of the season, if UNC were to go small, it's Cam who moves down low to the four, and Nasir is the guy who can play the three. Which I found kind of interesting because I I think Nasir is a a thick, big, 230 pound guy, bigger than Theo pinson that can bang down low.
0: Yeah, Ross, one of the one of the reasons I, I think it's kind of situated like that right now is Roy is big on that whole concept of, you know, letting the, le- the freshmen the freshman learn just one role. And if you go back, kind of a good example is is Joel Berry's freshman year. Whenever he would come in the game alongside of Marcus Page, Marcus yeah. would slide over. And just like you uh I guess two years ago when when Seventh Woods was playing, you had a situation whenever he came in the game, Berry would slide over to the two. Uh, And so that's just how Roy likes to do things. He did say that he's going to give Nas an opportunity and show what he can do at the four, because I agree with you. I mean, physically, he's he's the ideal option for that role. Uh, But he said he's got to make sure he understands what he needs to do on the wing first before they consider letting him play some down low.
2: And that makes total sense.
1: It does line up and, you know, lineups are going to be something that it, it's going to be a very hot topic on the inside Carolina message boards. I think it does not take a rocket science to see that coming. And some people will, you know, think Roy's a genius and others will wonder, well, how come this guy isn't getting more minutes? And it's it, there are definitely options at every position this year, which is a, a little bit different than what Carolina has had recently here but you know Ross I asked Greg what he thought the most interesting response was so let's get your thoughts on that you know what kind of stood out to you as being you know a unique thing that you heard from the players during their interview
2: yeah I mean it's not like one thing that stood out that was like oh wow but I'll, I'll give you kind of uh three tidbits on the reserves and, and potentially starters you know I I asked uh and Cam about Seventh Woods, and they seem very high on what he can bring this year. Of course, they're going to rave about their teammate and their guy, but it, it really seems like he's very healthy and that the injuries, even when he was healthy, he was just nervous about getting hurt again and being more tentative. So it really seems like he's been able to show what he can do with that speed, that explosiveness, the highlight dunks that we've seen. Um, so I think, you know, it seems that he will be the starter. Um, and that they've been impressed with what he can do so far this season. Additionally, two more kind of reserve players, Brand Robinson and Andrew Playtech. Kenny Williams kind of talked about how tough it is to go against Andrew Playtech uh, in scrimmages and, and stuff. That, that he's a really good defender. He's physical, and he's expanding his game. And, and I think Brand Robinson was the one player that both those guys kind of mentioned as a, a breakout player, or just one of the reserves that, we should be aware of heading into the season. So I think, you know, they're very deep in the perimeter. And behind the starters, it's going to be Brand Robinson and Andrew Playtek. I think UNC fans should feel very good about those guys. They've had a decent amount of experience now. And they can step into a little bit more prominent roles and have little to no drop off when Kenny or, or Cam uh, comes out of the game.
1: Now, what about the the bigs? Did they mention anything about those guys? Because their development is also going to be a very key part of of this upcoming season.
2: Um, Yeah, I I think Greg can talk about this as well. But it just seems like Roy wants a lot more from Sterling Manley, um, effort-wise, hustle-wise. Just doing more in all aspects of the game, rebounding, defense, scoring, providing more effort. He's still seeking... That effort. And I wrote um, also Garrison Brooks. Cam says that Roy loves that Garrison Brooks does the little things well. And that's what has made him maybe kind of grab that starting role. I know he started at Villanova at that scrimmage. So it doesn't seem like one has stood out. And that's kind of been the theme early in our media availability that Sterling or Garrison have not stood out. No one's come out and seized that job. But it, it kind of, there's been hints that if one was to start, which we expect it would be Garrison Brooks. He seems a little more consistent with what he's done, kind of based on what we've heard. But no one's going out and grabbing that job, which I think leaves a lot of room for a, a four-perimeter lineup with Nasir Little at some point in the season. Greg, did you get anything on, from Roy about the big men? I know you were there for a little bit longer than I was.
0: Yeah, I think the the main takeaway from that conversation with Roy is, is repeatedly, uh, I don't want to say disappointed, but clearly, uh, he's not pleased with how far the the bigs have come. Um, he did say they have made progress during the off season; they've gotten better. Uh, but it just kind of seems like you, he was really hoping they would take a, a bigger step than what they have. Uh, and like Ross said, it, you know, with Sterling, it's really a matter of of wanting him to uh, just to work a lot harder. And that's I tell you that's one of those things where you, when you get a guy like that who has so much potential, but he's young and kind of raw, we saw it with Bryce Johnson. I mean, you, you, those guys have to learn how to put forth the effort every single day. And that's that's easier said than done. And it took Bryce a while. It took Kennedy Meeks a while. Uh, you know, Kennedy, it really took to the senior year. And so you hope that's not the case with, with, with Sterling. Um, but, you know, that's something the coaching staff certainly working with them Uh, With, But I think the more that I've heard Roy talk this preseason, uh, the more um, not happy, maybe we use that, not happy, uh, that he is with how that situation's kind of played out. And I I really do think he's going to push it. He did say he was going to start that way with the bigs. But almost as if he's resigned to the fact that that small lineup is going to have to be kind of a key part of the rotation this year.
2: And I was having a conversation with uh, Bob Sutton of the Burlington Times News, covers Tar Heels. It, it, you know, every UNC team that's really, really good and really dominant and makes deep runs, uh, 05, 09, even that 12 team, and, of course, in uh, that 17, 16, 17 team that made to the championship game, they always have a real dominant big man. Bryce Johnson, John Henson, Tyler Zeller, uh, Sean May, Tyler Hansen, they always have a dominant big man. Does this team have a dominant big man? It is Luke May? really a true dominant big man that can dominate the boards and really take over a game. I don't know if you would go into that kind of characterization, but I think that's one kind of thing you have to look at when you think about how far this UNC team can go. Do they have a guy who can really step up and and kind of get you a basket when you need it down low? And I think that will be kind of a a storyline and a concern with this team uh, early in the season and, and going into ACC play.
0: And I think we can take that a step further, Ross. And while we know about Hansborough, we know about Sean May and Tyler Zeller and uh, Bryce Johnson a couple years ago, what those teams also had was experienced point guards. When you're talking about Ray Felton and Ty Lawson and Kendall Marshall and Marcus Page and Joel Berry. And so this is really a unique year in that there's a lot of good pieces here, but you don't have that stud point guard right now. You don't have that stud big man. Although, yeah, I think Luke May, we can probably put him in that classification, although as a stretch four, it is a little bit different. So while there are a lot of things to like about this team, I do think it's going to be a work in progress. I do think Toby White's going to end up being a great point guard, so we can kind of you know erase that out. But he's got to prove it first. He's got to be able to be consistent at the ACC level. That's easier said than done. So uh, a little bit different than, than maybe some of these other teams Uh, that we've covered in the past.
1: All right, guys, before we continue on, let's take a quick moment to talk about HeelsTravel.com. Guys, if you are looking for the easiest way to book travel to big UNC away basketball and football games, then you have got to try out HeelsTravel.com. Right now, they are offering a package to Chicago to see UNC take on Kentucky on December 22nd. That's going to be one of the biggest games of the entire college basketball season, so you do not want to miss it. Visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. That package includes non-stop airfare from RDU to Chicago, transportation to and from the airport to the hotel, and a two-night stay at the Chicago Omni, which is the same hotel that the basketball will be staying at in downtown Chicago. It's a great chance to see your Tar Heels on a huge stage against a great opponent and check out a great city right around Christmas time. So visit heelstravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. All right guys, so we've gone over what the players had to say. Let's turn it to Roy Williams now. So before we get into like the the actual responses, you know, what was his overall mood about this event? Greg, like did you get the sense that Roy was really ready for this season to begin and uh, was he kind of, you know, more upbeat or was he very much already in his like down to business, Roy? type uh, mentality.
0: Yeah, it was interesting today because at UNC's media day two weeks ago, uh, he was uh, in a really good mood and uh, seemed to be excited about the start of the season. Uh, he, he didn't seem uh, really as as positive today. Uh, he wasn't as feisty as we've seen him at times before at this event. Uh, so that, that was kind of interesting. He just seemed to kind of be like you know in mid-season form. In terms of you kind of being uh, being a little bit tired, maybe if you will, uh, which was a little bit odd, but I think part of that is that he had to answer you know a lot of questions about the FBI situation, kind of what his role is in that. Uh, he gave some good responses there, and then he had a, a long uh, kind of monologue on on the G League situation, and basically he said that hey, you know, I'm not exactly uh, sure what my opinion is yet until we actually get more facts. Because while we have some very base uh, details from the NBA, we don't have a lot beyond that. So I think he's going to wait wait until we get more information. But he answered a lot of those kind of big-picture questions. Uh, And then when he got into the actual team details, he was more of his normal self uh, with with the the responses that he gives. Uh, He's really good when you ask him specifics about his team. He likes to talk about that stuff. I think some of the other stuff kind of
1: wears on him a bit. So, Ross, were you there when Coach Williams talked about the FBI investigation? And I'm sure that the questions revolved around Nazir Little and how his family was cleared. Were you there for that part of the Uh, questions?
2: I was there at the press conference when he touched on it briefly. He basically doubled down on what he said at UNC's media day, um, saying that he hasn't had interaction with, with uh, no-shoe companies and handlers, and, and he's never been approached for any of that stuff with recruiting. I'm not sure if he dove into it deeper during his um, breakout session, and I'm sure Greg can touch on that. He was there for most of that.
0: No, he he, he pretty much just stuck with what Ross said. Uh, he was asked specifically about, you know, if there was a little bit of um, joy and, and reprieve from the little family, kind of when the text messages came out, and it showed they were they were on the up and up. Um and he said, you know, we we, we talked about that situation and uh you know beforehand when we were vetting the process. So you know, none of that was really a surprise to him. Uh but he just you know, I, I thought he was asked, as I mentioned before, and Ross kind of alluded to this, he was asked about kind of his role as a mentor uh in the college basketball world, if you will. And kind of what his job is. And he kind of really just kind of said, look, he said, you know, we try to do things the right way, but you can't you know, legislate morality, honesty, those types of things. And so you know, he keeps going back to the fact that you know the NCAA was created you know, 112 years ago or whatever it was, and that there were issues back then. So while there have been some bad times like this, there's been a lot more good times. And this is one of those situations you have to learn from it, get better at it, and weather it, and
1: uh,
0: get through it and start fresh.
1: All right, when it comes to, to this year, we've talked about lineups a little bit already. Um, you know, Ross or Greg, either one of you guys jump in there. Did the coach say anything specific about lineups that we haven't talked about already, anything that, that kind of maybe caught your eye? It sounds as if Roy is kind of at least preliminary planning to go with the smaller lineup. So that's interesting. Aside from that, though, anything else on that topic? Uh,
0: One of the first comments he made was that they had four practices in July. They were able to have four practices before the trip to the Bahamas. And then they've had, I think, 18 practices since. So there's 26 practices in, and he still doesn't really know what he's got. He knows he's got good pieces. Uh, But they're still trying to figure out identity. They're still trying to figure out a lot of different things. And I think this is going to be one of those unique years where we're not going to know exactly what this team is going to be like until ACC play. And so people are going to see some bad games in in November, December, because there's some really good opponents on the schedule. But they're also going to see some flashes of potential. As As a reporter, and I assume Ross is the same way, I kind of like those years because you get to really see a team grow and and build over the course of the year. And then by the end, do they have enough time to put a solid product on the court? And so that's going to be something interesting to watch out. But I I think just in listening to Roy the last couple weeks, he really does not know what he's got other than he has good individual pieces that he's trying to mold together.
2: Yeah, and – I wrote about this robot lineups and obviously the discussion is going to be on the the big lineup with two big man, uh, another sophomore big alongside Luke May uh, and what's going on point guard versus a smaller lineup with uh, not little in there alongside Cam Johnson and Luke May and just a, a more perimeter based lineup. It seemed from what I heard from Roy and what kind of Kenny and Cam alluded to that He's not going to be afraid to go small again. And if that's the best lineup, if that's what makes this team the best, that's what Roy will go with. He has been a little bit less stubborn with that. Obviously, we saw it last year, and we saw it in, with P.J. Harrison in 2013 or one of those years there. So he's not – Roy isn't stubborn enough where he, he, won't, um, he won't go small. So I think once he realizes the best lineup, He'll go with that, whether that's the small lineup or the two big lineups. Of course, we're going to see both. We're going to see a mixture of that. I thought Cam Johnson had uh, some good quotes about the best strength of this team is the versatility in lineups. They have so many different pieces that work together in different ways. Even though Cam and Nasir play similar positions, they're very different players. They can play alongside each other. There's just so many different pieces. a very deep team. Position, they at least have, I think, a, a, a good backup for every spot. So it's going to be interesting how the team develops, how the lineups evolves inside in games and, and throughout the season, and how they match up with other teams um, based on what they need to do. So uh, we'll obviously talk about this a lot more. But the flexibility with Roy Williams for this season, this lineup it, it is definitely there. Greg,
1: did you have any follow up on on lineups specifically that you heard from Coach Williams? No,
0: I think Ross is on point there. I, I do think there's a lot of versatility here. We've talked about it a little bit before, but I think you even you on the perimeter you've got guys like Seven Woods and, and Brandon Robinson who while not may not have the you know offensive skill set uh to be full time players. Yeah, I, I think they bring you know athleticism, they bring some some good defensive effort. And so you can really mix and match uh up and down the lineup for exactly you know, what he's wanting to do. I'm sure he's going to put some lineups on the floor in November and December that's going to leave fans scratching their head, uh, and, and that'll be fun to watch. So he, he's just trying to figure out exactly you know, what he can do once the important games come in, in February and March.
1: All right, so let's ask something a little bit more lighthearted. Greg, what was the question or response that Coach Williams gave that maybe got everyone laughing a little bit because, you know, he usually has one or two per media day. Was Did, did that happen for this one? Oh, yeah, of course. He he
0: kind of doubled down on his uh, old grandpa Roy uh, talk when somebody asked him about the FBI investigation and about, you know, if he's following it every day and you know, kind of how he's getting his information. And, and Roy just kind of looked at the guy and was like, I don't have a computer. And he said, well, okay, I do have a computer but I haven't opened it in 15 years and basically got into the whole thing. If he doesn't do social media and he's got guys on staff to keep up with all that and they kind of fill him in as needed. Uh, So it was very much the old school uh, Roy Williams that we've, we've grown to, to know and love. Uh, And he's, he was a grandpa long before his time. And now he's, he definitely is a actual grandpa. And so he fits that role quite nicely.
1: And then to so go ahead and wrap this one up, did anyone ask Roy where he thought his team might finish in the ACC this year and how he thinks, you know, what the overall prognosis might be for the season? Did he field any questions uh, along those lines?
0: Yeah, he did. And uh, really, the the point he was trying to make is he was asked how good this team could be because, you know, as you know, and everybody listening to this knows, there have been years when we say, "Okay, this is a Final Four team," or eh, "I'm not exactly sure. Could it be Sweet 16? Could it get further?" You know, like we all knew 2009; they should win a national championship. This year uh, is not quite that way. And you know, what Roy, the way he phrased it, is, you know, "We have a chance to be very good, uh, but the issue is a lot of things have to fall into place. The freshmen have to develop the way that they think they can." Those sophomore bigs have to be able to contribute and play at a higher level. The seniors have to play like seniors, and they have to be good leaders, and they have to build on what they did last year. If all those things take place, this is a team that can challenge for a Final Four. If you get to a Final Four, obviously you can compete for a national championship. If those things don't play out, if maybe one of those bigs doesn't develop and become a, you know, a suitable force down low, and they have to go small in time, I don't know that Roy Williams thinks that – I don't think he's going to be comfortable enough to think that this is a team that can really make a deep run. So all those things kind of need to come in together, and if they do, I think we all see it. Uh, But that's why he thinks this team can be very good. The potential is there. He hasn't seen it yet, and that's why this season is going to be so much fun.
1: It is. Well, guys, it sounds as if the media day was interesting. There was certainly a lot more that we did not touch on that everyone listening to this podcast can check out on the Inside Carolina Premium Basketball Message Board. There is a ton of coverage on there, so I very much encourage everyone to go check that out. But Greg Ross, I really appreciate you guys talking to me from on location down there in Charlotte. Guys, thanks again.
2: Appreciate it, John. Thanks, John.
0: Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike's Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com order now.